This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? All good, Doc. I'm looking forward to... uh today's session with uh, Tumaleng um, and some of the really in- interesting brands. And I think it's well-timed. I've been chatting to your colleagues at the, the Marketing Awards and incredible as it may seem, it's already beginning to throw forward into 2022. So the planning you know, is, has already begun. One just sees the awards, you forget just how much work goes into them in the background. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. And again, you know, just to just to recap for our listeners out there, you know, we've been showcasing not exclusively, but you know, quite a lot of of young talent out of the country. You know, people that have done well continue to do well, and today is no exception. You know, so we welcome Tubaling McClary, and we're going to talk to her in a few seconds about not just her achievement as being nominated as one of the top. Uh, rising stars under 35-year-old marketers in the country, which in itself is a fantastic achievement. But also today, you know, she's working at Tiger Brands, one of the biggest iconic South African companies. So without uh, anything further, Tumaling, thanks very much for the time and and welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, straight into it. Uh, Tumaling, I was uh, was one of the judges on the panel. Uh, And again, well done. You know, I just want to say well done. Uh, for those awards, and as Gordon said, you know, the next crop, and we'll chat a little bit later about any lessons you have for the next crop of people coming through for next year's uh, awards, but but well done, that's a fantastic achievement, uh, you know, I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much, I'm actually proud of myself. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm still, you know, still on a high from making it to the top six, so it definitely has been a highlight in a, in a relatively challenging year, so, you know, there's maybe next time I'll be the winner, you never know. No, you never, and, and I guess that's the thing, you know, and I, I think what you're saying, when you said I'm proud of myself, it's quite an interesting comment that you made there, because, you know, a lot of people, when you say, well done, they kind of almost shy away, and it's not, you know, 
you've got to acknowledge without being arrogant that you've done really well. And so I'm pleased that, that you've done well and I'm pleased that you've taken it on board. And other people can also learn from that confidence of saying thank you. Uh, you know, I've got a great team and all the rest of it. Uh, and, and I've done really well. Today, I mean, just looking yeah, at Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and today's, I mean, you're the brand manager for All Gold and Mrs. Balls. Again, both iconic brands at, at Tiger. I mean, would you mind just taking us through your day? What does it look like? Uh, and then exciting marketing campaigns that you're either busy with or that you have planned? Yeah, definitely. Oh, my goodness. I love to talk about my brands. I'm, I'm obsessed with my brands. Um, so as a brand manager, my job is essentially problem solving, um, if, if I have to sort of distill it into something. Um, so the great thing about working with Tiger is that when you're specifically in the marketing department, you really get that end-to-end experience. So I know the entire value chain from the seeds that are planted to create the greatest tomatoes in the world, all the way to, you know, making sure that the consumers really have the best experience and experience that tastes like that all has to offer. So, um, you know, if I look at brand management specifically at Tiger, it's a little like being the CEO of your own company, Um, which is great because, you know, you get a lot of exposure. I get to perform all kinds of tasks from launching innovation to conducting consumer research, developing new campaigns, and ultimately building the long-lasting relationships with our consumers that we actually have all over the world. I mean, I'm even on Amazon, so, you know, it's it's a pretty big deal. So it is incredibly exciting. Um, A lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. Sometimes you just have to give up that weekend or, you know, have a late night or two. It really has all been worth it um, in the long run. Currently, um, I'm working on my new All Gold campaign that we've just launched. So that has been incredibly exciting for me. So we just launched our new TVC in August, um, which speaks to the quality of All Gold tomato sauce. So we really start to tell the story um, from farm to table, how we cram only the best tomatoes in our tomato sauce with no preservatives, colorants, or thickness. So that really talks to, you know, our our purpose around being crammed full of goodness um, and defining that goodness for consumers in a very real and tangible way. So, you know, all gold tastes real good because it's made real good. Yeah, yeah um, just to pick up on something you said there, Timling, um, you talked about problem solving. I think that for me is quite refreshing. Um, on the media side, more and more, I, I seem to get the impression of a, of a shortening fuse with marketers where the concern very often is tactical and it's, it's more about problem creating for competitors rather than the long-term play of problem solving for yourself. So it's refreshing to see you you taking a, uh, you know, kind of a long-term view or you're in, intuitively heading in that direction. Um, both of those brands... Uh, or brands I'm particularly familiar with, um, particularly when it comes to tomato sauce. I think my wife tried to sell me a dummy halfway through last year and blended on lockdown, <laughs> and I actually had to take it back. Um, so, Dan Boyle, <laughs> yeah, I'm not just saying it on the show. And I might also share we're on a we were on a, a Mrs. Ball's code red. We had a very ugly incident last night where we we're having a lovely curry, and I went to get the Mrs. Ball's, and there wasn't any. And then, no. You know, we had one of those awkward moments when you've been with the same woman for <laughs> 50 years where I did the shopping last time, but I took her list. So but at the moment, we're trying to apportion blame. But just yeah, so very ugly, very ugly to be caught short without Mrs. Balls, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know what? I agree with you. Listen, I have, so I've always believed in working on brands that I genuinely 
like love and believe in. So listen, I've got an endless supply of tomato sauce and all gold. And, you know, anytime my family's like, so, I mean, could you like hook us up with it? I'm like, no, I'm here to make money. So go to the store. <laughs> so I, have, that, I have targets to get to. So. so in case you were angling for a freebie, Gordon, because I thought that was where it was going at one stage. Well, I was, you know. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, well, no shame whatsoever, but clearly that's been dealt with. I left a default back to Qatar Air for uh, <laughs> well, a couple next year. I'm still, still dangling at the hope on that one. <laughs> So that's, ah, don't that's worry, we've always got good deals. So that's actually tumbling how we choose our guests going forward on the free. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so now I know is it really like based on merit and you really want to know about me? You love my brands that much that you're like, you know what? Maybe we can get a thing or two out of this. <laughs> no, but tumbling, just pulling it back on a more serious note. I mean, and, and one of the themes I think that has come through with a few people is that even mm. though you're a young lady still making your way and have done well and will continue to, your career path has is, is taken a, a meander along the way. Now, when I say that, you went into advertising and then into brand management. So the point is, you know, just for young people out there, don't get too worried if you're at a place that perhaps isn't where you want to end up. That doesn't mean, you know, you must be stuck there. So let's just talk a little bit about from university into advertising and, uh, and now obviously into your current position at Tiger. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I definitely agree with what you said. You know, where you start off is not necessarily where you end up. Um, and where you end up is, is a result of the journey that you've been on, um, both personal and professional. So, personally, I have had quite the journey um, in, I guess, a relatively short space of time. So, after high school, um, I went to UCT for my first degree. Initially, I was accepted um, to UCT for law. Um, which my parents were super excited about because who doesn't want a lawyer in the family? But being the creative uh, that I am, I managed to convince them that I should do a more general BA degree just to make sure that I'm going in the right direction. Um, but honestly, it was just because I've always been really creative. So, you know, when I when I got to UCT, you know, I was that girl who was studying like French and classics and creative writing. Yeah. My parents sort of freaked out, like, oh my goodness, how is she going to make money? Um, and and then at some point, I even started my own blog um, and a freelance writing for some magazine just because, you know, I love being in the creative space so much. Then after graduating from UCT, I was meant to now, I promised my parents to do postgrad law, convinced them again that that's not what I should do at this point. So I ended up moving back home um, and, and I applied for jobs and I got an internship at TBWA Hunter-Scarus where, um, you know, I was, I was very lucky to work with really, really great people. And I think, you know, as much as that's not where I am anymore, there's so much that I learned there. So I worked with, um, I worked under Marie Jameson. She's one of the best marketers I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and, and she really taught me a lot about strategy and, and the logic behind, you know, why consumers and people do what they do on an everyday basis. So I really, really did enjoy that. It was also great because the environment is actually quite inviting. You know, it's, it's almost like a nice balance between, you know, the more relaxed you can wear, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and, you know, everybody, you know, has a drink on a Friday from three o'clock, you know, that kind of very relaxed environment. But, you know, as much as they play hard, they really work hard when it comes to agency. So I got that really great balance and sort of it was a nice, you know, intro into the working world. Then after working there, so I 
you know, I'd been working there for a couple of months and, and then I enrolled at Gibbs. So I did a PMD um, at Gibbs. So, you know, I was, I think probably about 21 at the time. So I was the youngest in my class by far, but I, I really enjoyed my time there. You know, there was, there's a lot of exposure that I got from so many different people from different walks of life. You know, they all had working experience because, I mean, I think, you know, the next person above me was probably 10 years my senior. So um, I really got to, to learn a lot, not just from the actual classes and from the lecturers, but actually just from the group, you know, itself. Um, I think my parents also liked it because, you know, I had class on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So it left me little to no time to be out and about <laughs> because I was working full time at that stage. So literally Monday to Monday, I had to be somewhere and I was, you know, busy the entire time doing the right thing. Um, so. You know, it was a win-win for everyone. After that, I, I, I was actually invited to an open evening at Vega um, by a close family friend, and I fell in love with the school. I applied um, uh, that year and completed my honors degree in brand management and brand leadership. And I think that's, you know, one of the places that really made me such a strong marketer. Um, after that, I applied for jobs literally everywhere. My job was applying for jobs. Um, I think that's a lesson for everyone. You know, when you're applying for jobs, you can't, you can't do it sort of halfway. You know, you've got to put all your energy into, into looking for a job because it's difficult regardless of where you are in the world. Finding a job is always difficult and, and the prep behind that is also difficult. So I, I spent probably about four months. <laughs> um, so actually in hindsight, it's quite lucky for me to find a job within the four month period. But um, applied everywhere, got into, um, got an interview at Tiger. So they responded to me and I was really excited, a little bit nervous naturally, because, you know, interviews tend to be, you know, a little bit nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, I was, I was nervous, but it all worked out. You know, I got the job and made sure that when I got there every single day, I worked hard to, to prove to everyone, to prove to myself that, you know, this is really what I wanted to do and look at me now. I'm yeah. great. <laughs> No, well done. No, that's a fantastic. And I guess the lesson within that, you know, is, you know, we always look for those lessons for other people out there, you know, is perseverance, is the value of education. Gordon and I are big proponents of that, you know, is doing the hard yes. yards, you know, not expecting that you're just going to pitch up uh, and things are going to be given to you. Uh, and, and so, yeah, well done again. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It was, yeah. And ongoing, on, ongoing learning for me is an issue. I mean, I often do that if I'm lecturing, I'll pose the question, when last uh, did you, you read a book on marketing? When last did you read a book on you know, consumer behavior? When last did you read a book on, on psychology? You know, and, and I'll go through a process and end, when last did you read a book? And I'm, I'm horrified at how many people imagine that you can actually survive as a cutting-edge marketer or communicator without updating yourself Perhaps the technology of books might have shifted. I might have to rephrase my question. But Timothy, one thing which intrigues me is in your journey is, you know, you had a great start in, in one of the hottest agencies um, of that era, uh, but you're in marketing. In the 70s and the 80s, if you were a really good brand manager and you, and you showed some flair and creativity, you came across to an agency all the, the account directors and the suits and agencies had all, in those days, had a great pedigree in brand management. But now the journey seems to be the other way around. If you're, good, if you're a good account director or show some flared advertising, you're going to, get, you're going to land a big position 
as a brand manager in, 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 on that side of the fence, what's shifted? Doc, I mean, you, was a, you have seen this in time. How, how's that dynamic? It's a literally a, three, you know, a 180. It's a complete shift in, in orientation. You're listening to The Doc and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. You know, I know for me, um, so my my mom actually used to work in the agency and then and then moved over to the, I suppose, the client side. Um, and, you know, she said to me, you know, go straight into, you know, being at a big corporate, going straight into branding. Um, but then, you know, I, I think, like I said, I mean, the environment was right for me for, you know, I was 21 at the time. Um, but also, you know, the, the benefit of being in on the brand side after having been an agency is that, you know, with agency, I, I got to build a lot of relationships and learn a lot by working on a multiple set of brands in completely, you know, different industries, you know. Um, and, and a lot of that actually helped me understand, you know, brands and branding better. So it gave me a really solid foundation. And, and then I got to the point where I actually wanted to work end to end on one brand um, and really see the development of that brand over time. Because, you know, when you're an agency, you work on this campaign, you work on, you pitch, you move on, you pitch, you move on. Um, but, you know, there's a sense of longevity when it came to working at Tiger, which I really have enjoyed because, you know, the lessons and the learnings and the value in my skill set has, you know, improved and really built on that very strong foundation from agency. I think the one thing as well from a client service point of view uh, in agencies is you learn the communication skills, but you learn the relationship skills that perhaps sometimes I've seen lacking within a brand. In fact, sometimes I've seen the opposite. I've seen brand arrogance, you know, people believing their own business card. So they believe that they Vodacom or they MTN or, or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and, and almost getting ahead of the game uh, when they don't have the foundation. Whereas I think certainly on the client service side, you've got to stay humble because you just, one mistake away from losing that account at any given time. And I think that's the thing. Now, I'm not saying it must be a fear-based culture, but certainly I've seen that skill set. One of the other thing I think, and I've heard it so many times through the, through the years from advertising guys, is uh, the client always earns more. You know what I mean? So that the people have wanted to move out of agency. You know, whether that's right or wrong, I've never worked in an agency, so I can't tell you the case. But certainly uh, people have said to me, listen, on the client side, your career prospects are different. Uh, and, and also you and I spoke a while ago, I think it was, um, oh, it was last year sometime, about age ceiling in agencies. And again, your view is that sometimes, you know, it's a young person's game, which isn't always the correct answer. And I think certainly in my career, people had that, I don't want to say fear, but they had in the back of their mind saying, geez, you know, as I'm getting older, do I get out of the agency into the brand? So uh, I guess a combination of, of those factors. Having put the fear of O'Reilly into me as a person who's about to turn 70, Doc. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you've, you've, I've said it many times, for me, it's a young thinker's game. Um, if you are turning 70 and you think like a 70-year-old, you're in trouble. If you are turning 70 and you can think at the cutting edge of uh, communication kind of uh, business, then, 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 then you're okay. That's not the issue for me. It's, and it's this, you know, you're only as good as your last idea. My, my view of life is you're only as good as your next idea. If I'm out of ideas, then, um, you know, then I've got a problem. But, yeah, so, yeah, that, that I think is an interesting dynamic. And, yes, I think the days of glory and the big agency salaries have gone. 
people are grinding very hard at the moment. It is not an easy environment uh, in which to find yourselves. Yeah. Um, just uh, again changing tact. I know at one stage in your in your journey, you worked fantastic on the Rise Against Hunger and the Heritage Campaign. And I mean, you must have been very proud and pleased to see that last year with Cantor. Uh, Tastic uh, is the South Africa was voted SA's best light commercial from from Cantor Research last year. Yeah, so I actually started off when I, when I interned um, at Tiger. I started my branding career in Tastic. Um, so, well, it was Rice. So, um, you know, there are many different brands within Rice, but I worked on Tastic. Um, and, you know, I worked there for about two and a half, nearly three years. So, honestly, I was lucky to have bosses who believed in me and weren't afraid to let me lead, which is hard to come by sometimes. You know, people get a little bit precious when it comes to that. So, I was lucky enough to work on, on two heritage campaigns, actually, the one with Esther Mashango and the one with David Tale. Um, and they were really important campaigns for the brand at the time. Um, I think with these campaigns, we were really able to tell the story of heritage as seen through those, those artists' eyes. You know, together with Tastic, the, the age-old tradition of storytelling through, through different art forms and across different platforms was reignited. And we really brought to life the, the historical understandings, the early beginnings of some of the most colorful legacies rooted in South African culture. So definitely loved working on those heritage campaigns and I'm so proud of the Tastic team. Um, with Rise Against Hunger, that was like 100% my project and I loved it so much. So I, you know, I'm a bit of a softie. Um, so I, I really believe that as brands, particularly heritage brands, it's so important to invest in the community that's that's kept you around for so long, you know. Um, Tastic is about generosity, and, and the campaign really worked well with the values of the brand, as well as, as well as the the overall purpose, I guess, of the brand. So I had made time working on the brand. Just to come back to to the legacy brand thing, um, if if I look at Tastic, it's such a gigantic brand. If I look at its consumption spread across the SEM. Uh, clusters, it's it's pretty even. You know, the volume sits in cluster three, as you'd expect. Um, how do you balance, uh, or, or what are the dynamics of a legacy brand like Mrs. Balls, which has a strong orientation to the top end, versus a legacy brand like Tastic, which you know sits right across the market? How do you? Is there some unique South African qualifier which converts a big brand into a legacy brand? Um, sure. Okay, it's a little tricky to define a legacy brand, um, especially, I mean, Tiger has so many legacy brands. Um, so Mrs. Balls has been around for 150 years. So, you know, she definitely knows her way around the block. Um, and all gold uh, since 1908, so about 113 years. So, I mean, because both brands, um, and actually a lot of brands at Tiger, including Tastic, have been really um, deliberate about making sure that consumers are the heart of everything that they do as proudly South African brands. Um, South Africans have continued to choose, you know, all gold and Mrs. Balls because time and time again, the brands have been really consistent in delivering, you know, great quality products and subsequently building a relationship that's based on trust, um, which is very important. So for South Africans, all gold and Mrs. Balls are not just, you know, sources or condiments brands. They they're brands that have journeyed with families from generation to generation. I mean, these brands have seen you know, the past hundred years in the country. So, um, you know, each, each, you know, product really has such a, such a great way of, you know, being very much a part of South African culture 
um, whether it's, you know, from a recipe base or just a communication base as well. So that's really what makes South Africans trust the brand and trust becomes, you know, you eventually get to the sense of loyalty um, and loyalty, not just to great quality products, but loyalty to a brand that is a part of the community who, you know, behaves as part of the community in which it lives um, and will continue to live for generations. So because they have been around for so long um, and we have, you know, fully entrenched them as heritage brands in South Africa, you know, they, they therefore are legacy brands. You know, they've stood the test of time, which isn't easy. Um, you know, the world is ever evolving. We've got an ever evolving FMCG landscape as I think, you know, between the combination of clear purpose, strong values, um, you know, relevant innovation and communication, we've been able to build long-lasting authentic relationships and, and, and connections, I guess, with our consumers, regardless of the SEM cluster. Um, so, yeah, legacy brands is, I guess, it sort of means the same to, to, every, to all different LSMs or SEM clusters, but What's different is how we communicate the campaigns that we run, the innovation that we launch, the tangible benefits we offer to the consumers. Because, you know, when it comes to cultural nuances, et cetera, it isn't just about, you know, different languages. It's, it's all about the nuances that come into play as we regionalize communication and innovation um, and consumer usage based on consumer usage behavior. So that's really what then solidifies um, a brand is a legacy brand and a heritage brand that continues, you know, it's about continuing to change. You have to remain relevant. You have to, you know, solve the tension between, you know, being the heritage brand, but also being relevant to the consumer today. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you've just used my magic word, regional advertising, because I think so much mm. uh, that has been really, really underestimated as, as an effective aspect of the media campaign and we'll come back to that in a moment but you also talked about you know traveling well uh, just an aside um question is there i mean is it just mythology you know that the south african brands do travel i, I know uh, in london near charing cross there was a big south african shop with lots of goods in australia you can find south african brands is that just a sort of a, a quirk or is there a genuine kind of consumption pattern uh, with South African brands and the expats out there? There actually is a genuine consumption. So I think it maybe started off as a bit of a quirk, like, oh, you know, there are all these, you know, I think the insight really is that you still leave home. You want something from home. You know, you want anything that reminds you of home. And for South Africans, that's food a lot of the time, you know, um, because we bond over food, we, we connect, you know, over different meals and meal types. Um, you know, a lot of our heritage and our legacies and our culture is also expressed through food. Um, you want, you know, your mom's favorite dish or your dad's favorite dish or, you know, whatever it is or that, you know, pudding that your aunt used to make. So um, I think a lot of South Africans then had that connection. So when you get to have those, I mean, I know my sister lives in London. So every time she's here, she's like, oh, my goodness, I missed like all gold tomato sauce. Oh, my goodness. I so you actually do. You, you almost have that, that, you know, that home feel as soon as you, you know, have that taste of home almost. So um, now it's something that we actually do deliberately. Um, we actively go out into these markets. Like I said, I mean, all gold and, and Mrs. Balls you can find on Amazon even um, in those South African stores, like you said. And, and they do really well. You know, we are literally, I mean, you can find us everywhere. You can find me in Germany. You can find me in the UAE. You can find me, you know, um, because you have so many South Africans that either, you know, 
emigrate or you know go there to study for a year or two or whatever it is but you know home is home you always you always want that taste of home the comfort of you know those brands that that you've grown up with indeed yeah um unfortunately for me my father spent his formative years up north during world war ii uh fighting his way through Egypt and Italy, and he developed a taste for bully beef. So my oh. father's been, I, I grew up eating bully beef um, on a regular basis. I grew up with my father. <laughs> we were a, a boy's home only. So uh, that was so my So everyone was now. eating it. Yeah. That's, we, we ate bully beef. And if you were hungry, you ate more bully beef. But doc, I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> There's not much I can add to that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just, you know, as we, I mean, we could chat for a long time uh, with many interesting guests on the show, but as we heading towards the, the back end of, of our chat today, just um, as a young person, you know, you're under 30, uh, you've done well, and I know you will continue to do well. Just one or two marketing skills that you'd like to share with people coming through the ranks that you believe are critical for, for a young person in, in the marketing field? Um, yeah, so actually, I'd like to pick up on something that Gordon said. So Gordon spoke earlier about, um, you know, how he feels people don't read enough. And I agree 100%. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a meeting and people just don't know what's happening in the world, you know, and, and I'm confused by that because in order for you to participate, regardless of, you know, whether it's, you know, professional or, or um, in your personal life, if you want to participate in South Africa or globally, you need to know what's happening in the world. You need to read. Um, so, as I mean, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I read for pleasure. I've always, you know, we have a massive library at home and, you know, I've always really enjoyed reading. But, you know, I think that the sort of core of that is really about making sure that you have a curious mind. Um, I actually read uh, something today that that spoke about how you must always continue to approach life as a beginner because beginners um, beginners are curious. They're always looking to understand who, what, why, and when, and and double click on things, you know. And and I think that you know for consume for for marketers today, it's really important to never accept things at face value. You must always double click, you know. Ask why and ask you know and so what. Um, one of the things I learned early in my career was how to differentiate between facts, insights, and implications. Um, and the easiest way for me to always remember it is. The what is the fact, so what is happening. The why is the insight, because you know why it's happening. And then the so what is the implication. You know, what does that mean for your brand? What does that mean for your business? What does that mean for you personally? So yeah, I, I believe in reading. <laughs> I believe in reading more than everything and be be curious. Always ask why, always double click. Thanks. And I mean, that's so important. And again, you know, Gordon, we, we spoke about this a while ago. And we live in the modern world of, of being always on and connected and, and social media. And, and there are huge upsides to that. But I think the downsides as well, you know, is, is the fake news and not double checking, you know, not triangulating your data, not getting another source, accepting something off whatever site it is. And I think you're right, gentlemen, is to read, but to read out of credible sources, you know, to, and to question yes. stuff yourself, you know, as a as a smart person saying, but is it so, you know, uh, and certainly we've seen in the last few years, I mean, the rise and continued rise of, of fake news and propaganda and a whole lot of other stuff. So, I mean, from my side, um, I'm going to hand over to Gordon to, to close it out today. But I mean, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate you sharing your insights. Uh, and again, you know, well done on the on the nomination for this year. And I sincerely wish you, you know, only the best for, for your career going forward. 
Thank you so much. It's, it's been amazing chatting to you guys. So insightful. Yeah, thank you. And, and um, the energy, you know, is great. Uh, and that's something in the doc and I feel very strongly about. We're really trying to feature young people with a positive narrative into, into the marketing space. Just coming back to the issue of reading, um, somebody made the observation today, one of my colleagues at uh, Prime Media uh, Broadcasting, that good good media research is is like a steamy or should be like a steamy novel, you know, if, if we're not reading, you don't just read for information and content. You read for insight and energy. It's it's not a chore. You know, it's it actually should yes. be a little bit more more than that. Uh, one quick last question before I wrap. I mean, we talked regionalization because I think that's something that's been massively underestimated in South Africa. Do you see that regionalization across your brand uh, portfolio playing out into cultural nuance? Still? Separate creative, separate use of, of, of any of the 11 official languages. It, it really distresses me that people talk real uh, regionalization, but they still run out campaigns of a 90 or 100% English. That's a concern. What's the language or cultural bias when you create uh, communication? So, so, I mean, if we have to just look at cultural nuance, um, for me, it's, it's not just about different languages. Um, cultural nuance also comes into play, as, as you said, through regionalization from a communication and innovation perspective, but also from a representation perspective as well. You know, if you look at a Tastic or All Gold or any of these brands ads, you know, 50 years ago versus now, I mean, there's a massive change. It may still be, you know, in English because, you know, that's widely spoken in South Africa, but you know, there are other ways that we then bring in different languages, different types of representation um, of different cultures to make sure that we are all inclusive. Um, right now, we've just launched our all gold, um, all gold campaign and part of our radio is very clear that, you know, I can't just have radio in English. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'm not just talking to people who understand English. So, I mean, I'm flighting in Tosa, Zulu, Tesutu as well, because you know, I, I mean, the consumer takeout is the same with, with each of the different um, spots, but um, at the end of the day, we're still trying to make sure that we tell a story in the way that differs in each language, just because of how we tell stories in different languages. I mean, you know, to say, you know, hello, how are you in Kosa is very different from hello, how are you in English? And the texture that comes through with the language is, is a lot different. So, no, we make sure that we definitely, you know, look at a different a different set of languages, but outside of just language, like I said, representation based on the consumer you try. I mean, everything's about the consumer. It's all about what you're trying to get them to understand. So to put them at the center of everything, you know, you can win. Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. So keep the story consistent and keep the communication varied and, and uh Cultural, uh, uh, culturally appropriate. Tumlink, thanks for the time. Doc, thanks for the Thank time. Um, again, everybody, great show. And to all those young marketers out there, please, you know, engage in the marketing process. If you have a story to tell, the doc and I would be, you know, be dead keen to hear about it. And let's keep marketing media uh, central to the, to the discussion. So to all the listeners, thank you. Uh, we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views 
uh, and certainly will respond, and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc, and it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.